Okay, let's go. Come on. I'm ready. Yeah, that worship got me fired up. I'm so ready to preach right now. All right, but first I want to uh, share something. Well, before I share that, I just want to say that tonight we're going to talk about how God can give us peace in the midst of uncertainty, how God can give us peace when we think about our futures. So like, you know, most people in this room are in college, so you think a lot about your future. You think about who's my spouse going to be. You think about questions like, uh, what's my career going to be? Where am I going to live? All these different questions are swirling around in your head. But tonight I want to just propose to you that the Prince of Peace is here and he can give you peace in the midst of not knowing what your future is. So that's what we're going to talk about. But it actually segues pretty good into what uh, there's an announcement I have for you guys tonight. So a lot of people know about this if you're on the worship team or if you're a small group leader. But for those of you who uh, don't serve in one of those capacities, this will probably be news to you. So two years ago, in November of 2015, uh, our former worship leader was transitioning, and uh, I called Levensky Levasseur, who just did an amazing job tonight, right? And Mackenzie. Yeah. I called them because, so Mackenzie and Emily uh, grew up together and, you know, super close throughout their entire lives. Uh, you know, went to the same church, all that. And they had moved to Waverly, so about 25 minutes from here, and they do an amazing job with worship, as we saw tonight. And I thought, hey, how cool would it be if they came and led worship at Chi Alpha, right, on Tuesday nights? I told them, I said, I can't pay you, but I can give you lots of hugs. Just come and uh, do worship for us for free. So I called and asked them, and they said they'd pray about it. Uh, Levinsky was excited right away, though. He was smiling. Back then, he had braces. He was excited. Uh, but uh, so they prayed about it, and they felt like the Lord was saying, yeah, they can do it. And, and it's always been this agreement that it would be semester by semester because, you know, they have a full-time job as worship pastors at Crosspoint. So it's just completely out of the kindness of their hearts, and they prayed each semester, and for four semesters, uh, they felt like God was saying, yeah, go ahead and do it again. But this semester, as they prayed for next semester, uh, there's some different things happening at their church. It's really exciting. If you look at Crosspoint's uh, Facebook page, they're uh, just completely renovating this building, and they're moving into a new building, and it's incredible what God's doing. So there's going to be added uh, responsibilities for them. So for next semester, and you know, for the indefinite future, they're not going to be able to do what they've been able to do over the last four semesters and be our worship pastor. So I wanted to announce that tonight, just one, because it goes really well with the sermon. So, yeah, um, so I'll tie it into the sermon pretty well. But also, just so you have a chance over this, uh, just, uh, this, uh, just this next week, as they lead worship, they led worship tonight, and the next week they'll lead again all three songs, just to enjoy it and also to give them a hug. I encourage you, tell them what they have meant to you, Give them a hug. Even if you've never met them, like you've been too scared because Levinsky's so cool, go up to him, just give him a hug, tell him what he's meant to you. Uh, we love them so much, and yeah, they're not moving anywhere. They're just going to uh, not be able to, to do Kyle anymore. So anyways, I just wanted to announce that for you so you're, uh, you're not surprised. Next week, we'll honor them, and we'll have a really fun week next week. So do not miss next week. We're going to um, just have senior night, and I think Ryan Black's the only one I know of so far, so he'll talk a little bit, and then Levinsky and McKenzie will talk as well. So come next week. Do not miss it. It's going to be an amazing uh, night. All right. So tonight, like I said, we're talking about trusting God with our lives. We're talking about um, just being able to live in this spot where we don't know what our future is going to be like, right? But being able to have the supernatural peace, the supernatural contentment in the midst of that. And also this idea of just following God's voice through each season. So a lot of times we try to control everything. Like we got some, con- or some control freaks in here, right? 
and I'm one of them. Like, I got to figure everything out. I got to get all the activities on the resume. I got to get perfect grades. I got to get everything figured out so I can get the perfect job when I graduate. I got to look pretty so I can get that guy from Chi Alpha. All these things got to work out so I can have the perfect American dream life, right? That's what some of us think about a lot. We think about controlling our futures. We think about controlling our lives. But God doesn't call us to figure everything out right now. But instead, God calls us to this space where we don't know what the future is but instead, we live in this space of trust and obedience in the here and now. We don't worry too much about the future, although we dream for it, we pray for it. But instead, we are completely present here and now, and we obey God, do the best we can in the space we're in, and God will take care of the future, right? That's what God calls us into. So tonight, I want to, like, hopefully, there'll be a weight that's on your shoulders that's going to be released tonight. Because some of you are worrying way too much about the future. Some of you are like, I got to get that boy today. If I don't get that boy, I'm not going to ever get married. I mean, I'm 19 years old, right? Some of you, that's what's going on, okay? So tonight, I pray that God would set you free from that. God would set you free from not living here and now in the present. And something I love about Levenski McKenzie's story of their time in Chi Alpha is just this trust and this obedience to God in the here and now. Like, it was always a semester-by-semester semester thing, but they just did their best in what God was calling them to do in the here and now. And then when God spoke to them, and God spoke to them, that's one thing as I prayed about it, I know this is from the Lord. God spoke to them and said, hey, it's time for you to transition. They obeyed his voice and they followed him. And, they're, and here's the thing, tonight we're going to read a verse from Proverbs that talks about God making our, our path straight. And I'm confident that their path is going to be straight, just from what I've seen in their lives, where they obey his voice and they're present in the here and now. So I pray that you would learn from them. I'm going to share my story tonight, and I pray that each of us would be able to be a people who obey God, are present here and now, and then at the end, we'll look back and say, wow, God made our path really straight. That's what we're going to see tonight. So I want to pray for us quick, and then I want to jump into the sermon. So God, we thank you for your presence. God, we thank you for tonight, just the incredible worship. God, we thank you for Levensk McKenzie and just their ministry to us. God, we're excited about this message as uh, I just feel like something supernatural is going to happen tonight as you give us peace in this area of trying to control our lives. God, we love you. We thank you in your name. Amen. All right, so with that said, the sermon tonight is called Peace Over Control. Peace Over Control. Like, I pray when we walk out of here that all the control freaks would be delivered in Jesus' name. It starts with me. All right, we're going to get delivered tonight. And instead of control, we're going to have peace. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 says this. It says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. You keep him in perfect peace whose, or whose mind is stayed on you. That's what God is calling us into tonight. And that's what the heart of this whole series is as we talk about the Prince of Peace, that, that each of us could be just fixated on Christ and through that we'd be able to have peace. But our passage tonight is from Proverbs chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. You probably read verse 5 before. It's very popular. Proverbs chapter 3, verse, verses 1 through 6. And the book of Proverbs is written by King Solomon. So this king, I can't get into his backstory, but this really wise dude, he was the wisest man who ever lived. And really, Proverbs is this collection of wise sayings. So I think a really good practice is to read a chapter of Proverbs every day or even just to read one proverb a day, one verse a day. Because it's wisdom for everyday life. It's very practical. There's stuff about a, um, just avoiding sexual sin. There's stuff about your future. There's stuff about your finances. It's super, super practical. So I encourage you to read it. But here in, in Proverbs chapter 3, 
Uh, Solomon's calling us to this childlike trust in God. He's calling us to this space where we trust the Lord. So let's read those verses today. It says this, My son, do not forget my teaching, but instead let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. And let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you, but bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. So then you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. All right, you probably read that before. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but instead acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and he'll make straight your path. So the main idea tonight is this. Through Jesus, we can, okay, we can surrender control and have peace that God will fulfill his will for our lives. That's the main idea. So the thrust of this Proverbs passage is that each of us can trust God to make straight our paths and fulfill his will for our lives if we follow him each and every day and allow him to have this leadership over our lives. If we obey God daily and do the right things over and over and over again, then he will get us to where we need to go and shape us into, peop- into the people that he's created us to be. So oftentimes, like I said, we get caught up in these big questions of life. Who will I marry? Like, what are my kids going to look like? What color eyes are they going to have? I've known girls that have been worrying about what color eyes they're going to have. It's weird. If you do that, it's cool, but it's weird. Um, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but we get caught up in all these futuristic big questions, but I really feel like God is more interested in who or God's more interested in who you're becoming right now than he is on all the pieces of where you're going to go and what you're going to do. God's more interested in who you're becoming right now than what you're doing at you and I. God's more interested in your heart than what classes you're going to take. We're so fixated on these questions, but, but God is just trying to do a good work in our hearts. And oftentimes we miss that important piece and we jump to trying to figure out all the details, but God says, hey, get right with me first. Get your heart right with me first. So tonight what I want to do is look at this Proverbs passage and see how we can position ourselves in such a way where we can find peace in this area of seeing God fulfill his will for our lives. So the first point tonight is this. We can have peace that God will fulfill his will if we obey his commandments. Oh, we didn't want to talk about obedience tonight. Come on. Obedience, that's a dirty word, right? No, it's not. It's a good word. God calls us to obedience if you want God to fulfill his will, then you, then you need to obey him here and now in the things he's already told you. God calls us to obey his commandments. And that's in the first four verses here. He says, son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. And then he says, let uh, not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. He says, if you do these things, then favor and good success is going to come to you. So Solomon starts out this passage about trust and about the future by saying, hey, keep his commandments. Bind love and faithfulness around your neck. Do the right things here and now instead of worrying about the future, instead of worrying about all the whys and the whats and the whos. If we follow God and we obey him here and now, then we can have joy and peace when it comes to our future, when it comes to our circumstances. And this doesn't mean that, like, that nothing's going to go wrong in your life. Things will go wrong. If you live long enough, you're going to suffer. I'll tell you right now, you're going to suffer. If you live past 
21, you're going to suffer, I swear. And a lot of you have suffered in your childhood. But suffering will come. But this passage says if you obey God, then when you get to the end, Romans 8, 28 says that God works all things together for the good of those who love him. So when you get to the end, you'll be able to look back and say, yes, some bad things happen. But in the end, God took those things, he leveraged them for my good. And today I can look back and say, wow, God brought me favor. God did his will in my life. But you have to obey him. You have to do what he's told you to do. I love what verses three and four says. It says, to love and to be faithful. God calls us to love people, okay? You know, love people now, love him. Do those things. That's like the biggest point of the Bible, right? To love God, love people. But then also be faithful. 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 I'll say it a hundred times for college students because we need to hear it. Be faithful. Stop getting tossed around to and fro and then worrying about your future. What God, what's God going to do in my life? But you haven't been obedient in the small things today. Be faithful. Tie it around your neck. Be faithful. Be someone who others can count on. Be someone who can keep their word. Be someone who can plug into a community and lay down their lives for others. Be faithful. Be faithful to obey God right now. If you obey him right now, he'll take care of all the other things. Matthew 6, says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. So I'll say this, love Jesus, and God will take care of the resume, all right? Love Jesus, and God will take care of the resume. If you love Jesus, God will take care of that husband. Or he'll say, hey, you're not called to that, and you'll have to deal with that. That's your thing. But God will do what he's called you to do if you seek first his kingdom. God will fulfill his will for your life if you seek first his kingdom and if you obey him. So what has God called us to do? Well, I said love. I already said that. Love God, love people. But also he's called us to make disciples. So Matthew 28, 19, Jesus is about to leave earth. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like he didn't say, hey, some Christians, you know, small group leaders and pastors go make disciples. No, he said, Christians, everybody go make disciples. So if you're a Christian, even if you just got saved like three weeks ago at Chi Alpha, start making disciples. Find someone who knows less than you and start teaching them. Be like, hey, I know like one thing. God loves me and God loves you. That's making disciples, all right? God calls us into that. If you're not, guys, if you're not making disciples now, then stop worrying about this big grand picture view of your life. Do what he's told you to do right now. Go and love God. Spend time with him. You know, read his word. Obey him. Go love people and make disciples. You do those things, then God will take care of the other stuff. All right, so three years ago, I was an intern at the University of Minnesota Chi Alpha. And there was like 30 interns there. Well, there wasn't that many. There's like 10, seriously 10. And, you know, I felt called to be a church planter. I was going to start churches all over the place. I was going to preach the gospel. Hundreds of millions were going to get saved. And then the guy came to me and said, hey, your internship is going to revolve around one leading small group, which is great. But then also, like, one of your main responsibilities is going to be doing the cafe at church on Sundays. I'm like, dude, you got the wrong guy. I'm supposed to be preaching on Sundays. What are you talking about? Like, you're supposed to do the donuts. So I'm kidding. I didn't say it. But he told me, hey, go get the donuts. You know, serve them. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't even cook. I don't like doing food stuff. No, it's not me. I'm going to make disciples, right? But God called me into that for that year, for that whole year. Every Sunday, I get up at 6 to go get the donuts from Cub Foods, which is just the um, or just the high view of up in Minnesota. But anyways, go get the donuts, serve them. How you doing today? 
give out the donuts. It was amazing. John Michael, I love you if you're, if you're listening to this. Uh, he's a good friend. But anyways, but in the midst of that, I'm just serving donuts every week. I'm being faithful. I get a call from a guy named Drew, who uh, was the former state Chi Alpha director here in Iowa, and he says, hey, man, like, we need a director at UNI. Would you want to do that? I'm like, bro, all I do is serve donuts. I don't know how to lead a group. <laughs> but anyways, the reason I share that story, so then, you know, the next year, I was 22 leading Chi Alpha. That's three years ago now, two years ago now. Um, and God took care of it. I was faithful. I'm not saying I was great. I complained sometimes. I definitely complained. You can ask my wife. It's like, why do I have to do this? But I obeyed God. I was faithful in that season. And God took care of the big picture. God took care of the big picture. So if you're not faithful now, you're probably going to keep being frustrated. You're just going to be frustrated your whole life. Because if you can't be faithful with the little things, you can't be faithful with much. So let me encourage you with that this morning. Or not this morning, this evening. I preached at Grace on Sunday, so I'm in the morning feel. All right, so the second thing tonight, we can have peace that God's going to fulfill his will for our lives if we trust in his understanding. Ooh, that's good. If we want to be able to give up control and trust God for the future, we have to trust in his understanding and his understanding and not our own, right? So not our own understanding, but his understanding. If we try to trust in our own understanding, we're going to be frustrated, because we have our 10-year plan. This is supposed to happen at this point. This is supposed to happen at this point. And when it doesn't happen, you're going to be frustrated. And I promise you that 10-year plan is not going to work out the way that you planned it. And you're going to be frustrated. But if you lean on his understanding and say, God, like you know way more than I do. You're way smarter than I am. Then you're going to have peace in the midst of uncertainty. You're going to be able to have peace even when you don't know what your future holds. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Solomon is calling us here not to understanding, but instead to trust. To trust. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to know why things go the way they do. There's things that happen in the world where I'm like, God, what's going on here? He's like, I'm not going to tell you. You can't understand it. Your mind's too small. You're too stupid. I'm kidding. He doesn't say that. He says, I love you, but you're just a little slow. (laughs) But he doesn't tell us everything, right? Like, we can't understand all the suffering in the world. I don't think we could handle it. If we really understood all the different aspects of why things happen the way they do. Now, God does not cause everything that happens, but he allows it, right? So we have to kind of wrestle with that. And there's been times in my life I struggle with this, but God calls me again and again to trust him, to know, you know, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, for my thoughts are, are not your thoughts, and, and my ways are not your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, that is really high, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. When things don't make sense, take heart in this verse. Like, wow, it's that far up there, and his thoughts are that much higher than mine, so I can't understand this. And you just trust him. You say, God, you got this. I don't get it, but I trust you. And you'll be able to have peace. You won't have control. Sorry. You don't get control as a follower of Jesus. But instead, you can have peace. And peace is way better than control. And when you get to the end of your life, you'll be able to look back and say, God was there through it all. And also, God was good through it all. So back to our story. When Emily and I were sophomores here at UNI, our campus pastor, who's actually Pastor Jonathan, who's uh, Mackenzie Lebensky's pastor in Crosspoint. So he uh, started Chi Alpha seven years ago now. And he was our pastor here. And he told the students at the beginning of our sophomore year, 
that that was going to be his last year. He said, I'm praying that God would send someone else to be the campus pastor of this ministry, and I'm not going to be here next year, so pray this year, fast, seek the Lord so that God will send someone. So the whole year, the leadership team sought God like crazy for it. Like, if you look at my journals, I wish I would have put an image of it up there, but like every night I'd pray, God, send a pastor for you and I. Send a pastor here. I prayed all the time, and we're fasting for it. We'd pray that God would send the right person, and then at the same time, God was calling Emily and I away from Kyle Fit, you and I. God was calling us up to Minnesota, and at the end of the year, our pastor didn't find anybody. He got to the end of the year, he's like, well, I know God's told me to leave, and we haven't found anybody, so we called uh, the Grace Community staff, which was glad tidings back then, and they said that they would facilitate Chi Alpha for a couple, or until they found someone. So for two years, glad tidings facilitated Chi Alpha. Like, they would have their staff members come and preach, you know, students would preach. There was no, like, head leadership. It just kind of was run by students and by uh, different leaders, and, and uh, like, that was a great season. Like, some people, like Tommy, got connected during that season, but ultimately, if you don't have a leader, it's kind of difficult to grow, and it's difficult to to bring in new people, so the group kind of shrunk down a little bit, and, uh, and, you know, students were a little discouraged, like, you know, why don't we have a pastor, and, you know, we were discouraged, we poured our lives into this thing, and we're like, God, why haven't you sent someone yet, our former pastor was discouraged, as he heard from the Lord, but then God didn't provide a replacement, it was a tough time, you know, what is God up to, that's what we asked, why didn't you raise up a new pastor, but as I mentioned earlier, during my senior year of college, the uh, state Chi Alpha director called me and asked me if I would come back to kind of revitalize the Chi Alpha. And now everything was starting to make sense. Whoa. I was praying for myself in that journal. Whoa. Wait. So you brought me to you and I as a freshman because I was going to be the pastor of the ministry? Wait a minute, wait a minute. You told Pastor Jonathan to plant Chi Alpha to reach the students who he reached, but also because me and Emily were going to be there at that time and, and he could help raise us up to be Kyle pastors. Whoa! If Jonathan wouldn't have done that, then we would have got connected somewhere else. I'd probably be partying in basic right now or something, but, which would be great. But anyways, I like Kyle though. I like basic too. But, uh, but God was doing something. God, God was up to something. He knew what he was doing. God knew that Jonathan had to start Kyle at that time. And God knew what he was doing when he called Jonathan away because he had to go plant a church in Waverly. Now that church is like running 400 people and they're reaching that community. And Kyle Floyd, the group made it, right? We're here, okay? We're doing all right. And I got to come back and lead with passion and vigor and say, hey, we're going to take this thing because the students were really like not picky. They're like, hey, we didn't have a leader at all. So whatever you say, let's do this. If Jonathan had been here right before I came, they'd be like, Jonathan was way better. I don't know what you're trying to do. But God was setting it up. And here we are today, hanging out in Lang Auditorium. And I say that to say that things don't always make sense in the season. It doesn't always make sense in the here and now, but God is above. He's way up here. He's looking down. He sees your whole life, and he understands. So take solace in that. God knows what's going to happen. God has a plan. Trust in his understanding above your own. The third thing tonight is this. We can have peace that God will fulfill his will if we follow his guidance. So this is obvious to you, I'm sure. But I want to break this down a bit. We're not just called to follow God's guidance as far as our big picture calling. Like for me, a big picture calling would be to be a pastor, to be a father, to be, or to be a husband. Those are the big things that like God's called me to do in my life. That's like the big picture. But we're also called to follow God in the small things, in the day-to-day, in the 
different seasons we navigate through and the communities we decide to live in. We're often concerned uh, with where we're going to be at the end of our journey. But God is concerned with you obeying him and following him each and every step of the way. So Proverbs 3.6 says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. If you acknowledge God, if you follow him, he'll make your path straight. Psalmist says, do whatever you can to acknowledge God, to look to him. And if you do that, you'll be confident that God will make straight your paths. So while we're in this journey of life, it can often seem like our path is pretty crooked, right? Like, woo, woo, woo. like for me, I literally went and then went back. Like, it's kind of crooked. Like, what's going on? Like, I left just to come back. It can seem really crooked. But God is drawing a straight line through that. If we acknowledge him, if we follow him, if we follow him teaching every step of the way, God will make straight your path. And you'll look back at it and be like, wow, God knew what he was up to. So I'm going to go back to our story one more time. It's the last time I'll bore you with it. So when Emily and I were sophomores at UNI, back to that, there's three things we knew. We knew, one, that God was calling us to get married, okay? Which some of you are like, wait, get married when you're a sophomore? Yeah, we did it. It was worth it. All right, second thing, God was calling us into full-time ministry. And the third thing is he was calling us to move to Minneapolis to prepare for ministry. It was pretty confusing at the time because God had given me these vivid pictures of the Communication Arts Center room being filled up with students at Chi Alpha. Like, we don't meet there anymore, but that's where we used to meet. God gave me this picture at my freshman fall retreat, and I felt like I was supposed to see that accomplished as a student. I felt like I'm going to give my life for Chi Alpha on the campus as a student, and we're going to just reach every single student. But then God called us away. We didn't quite understand. And, and honestly, when God called us away, we kind of felt like, okay, we're done with Chi Alpha. We're going to go into church ministry. I'm going to be a pastor of a church. You know, we're in Minnesota for like two days, and the Chi Alpha pastor calls me. I'm like, oh, those Chi Alpha people. I didn't really want to do Chi Alpha in Minnesota, but he calls me. It's the door that opens, so I, you know, just went down that avenue. I said, okay, God's opening a door. I'll get involved with Chi Alpha again. Then at the end of my junior year, the pastor asked me to be an intern, to be the donuts dude. I didn't realize that at the time, but that's what he was asking me to do. And I said, that door's opening, so I'm going to just walk down that hallway. And then, during my senior year, God opened another door to come to you and I, and I walked down that hallway. So I share that to say this. I feel like each season of life we're in is like a hallway. We're walking down. We're obeying God. Like I said, obey, remember? Obey, okay. So we're obeying God. We're trusting in his understanding. We're just walking along, and we're just kind of keeping our eyes open. All right, God, if you're going to open a door, help me to see that and to walk down that door. And then all of a sudden, a door shoots open. We're like, ooh, the door's open finally. It's been kind of dark in here. And then we pray, God, do you want me to go down that hallway? He says, okay, do it. And then you walk down that hallway. You're going down the hallway. You're in that season of life. You're trucking along, you're obeying, and you're trusting, right? You're, you're following his guidance. You're walking down, and all of a sudden, a door shoots open. You're like, God, do you want me to go down that hallway? Okay, I'll go down that hallway. And then you go down that season. And you're going down these different hallways. For some of you, that hallway might be just one hallway. Like, you might just be called, like, hey, graduate from college, you're going to teach in Waterloo, and then you stay there forever. And you just keep walking down that hallway, and you love it. You're enjoying it. You're trusting. You're obeying. But others, you might be getting a lot of doors open. Like, some people, like, only stay in places for, like, two, three years. And that's just what God calls them to do. But the key is to follow him down each hallway. So, like, so many of us want to get, like, the aerial view and be like, hey, you know, where's the end spot? Like, what hallway are we going to end up in? But God says, just go down the door that I'm opening right now. So what hallway are you in right now? You're in college at UNI. Obey God here. Trust God here. Be faithful here. And then when that door opens after your senior year, or if you're like some people and you stay here forever, which I love, you can do that. But you might have a door open to leave. 
then you go down that door. But stop worrying about it so much. Just be obedient. Just walk down the hallway. Just all peppy, happy. Obey, trust. And then when the door opens, follow him. Stop worrying about the big picture. So right now, I'm walking down this hallway. I'm getting to be the campus pastor of this ministry. And it's amazing. And I'm not looking for a new door. I'm just going to keep walking. So if one opens, though, and God drags me through it, it might happen. Hopefully it's not for a while, okay? It might be like 20 years. Who knows? But anyways. All right, guys. So as you're seeking God's guidance, just let me give you a, a couple thoughts on how he can guide you. I'm not going to explain them too much because we don't have time, but I'm just going to give them to you. The first way is Scripture. All right? So if it goes against Scripture, anything that goes against Scripture in your life, no. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. If it goes against this book, don't do it. This is something we can really count on. God gave us this book. This is like the only thing that, that we have that's really, really steady, and it stays the same. Like our thoughts can go all over the place. So if it goes against this book, don't do it, okay? And sometimes you might see something in Scripture that's like, wow, that's for me, and that applies to going down this next hallway. So read Scripture and see how it might speak to you. Second thing is prayer. Pray, pray, talk to God, see what he says. If God leads you down a new hallway, you, like the way to figure that out is through prayer most of the time, all right? So pray. The third thing, let me look at my notes because I forgot. Oh, there's other Christians that can speak to, they can come to you and say, God just told me to tell you this. And you're like, oh my gosh, that applies so much to the thing I've been thinking about. And then you pray about it, see if it's from the Lord, and you go down that hallway, whatever. The fourth thing is impressions on your heart. Sometimes God can just press things really deeply on your heart, and you can be like, I know that's from the Lord. And the fifth thing is peace, all right? So a lot of times you won't be called to go down a hallway unless you have peace, all right? So peace can guide you as you're like weighing two different things. Should I go into full-time ministry or should I uh, be an accountant? You wait, you see what is more peace. Like you see what God might say through the peace that you have. If you feel really icky on one of them, you probably shouldn't do it. That's for me and Emily. When we thought about staying here, like we wanted to, but it just didn't feel right. It just felt weird. It didn't feel like it's what God was calling us to do. But then when we thought about going to Minnesota, although we had no money, we were getting married, we we're going to live downtown, we didn't know anybody. It was really scary, but there's so much peace there because we knew that that was, what was God, that was what God was calling us to do. So I encourage you with those things. If the worship team would come up, we're going to close here. Let's have a couple more minutes, get you guys home so you can sleep. I know I'm boring you so much tonight, but I pray that something is speaking to you. So, let me see here. So, main idea tonight is this. If you're taking notes, you can write it down again just to get it in there. Through Jesus, we can surrender control and have peace that God will fulfill his will for our lives. Through Jesus, we can surrender control. We can do that tonight. We can let go and have peace that God will fulfill his will for our lives. So as you consider your future and as you consider the uncertainty that that might bring and as you seek to give God control tonight, as you seek to trust him with your futures tonight, there's one thing you have to know. You can't do it on your own. You can't say, I'm going to trust harder. I'm going to do it. I'm going to grunt. I'm going to make it happen. You can't do it on your own. It's got to be something supernatural that happens in your heart. You can't get to this place of trust and peace through surely trying harder. You can't get to this place through saying, I need to have more peace and trust. Instead, what needs to happen tonight? If anything could happen tonight, if you forget everything, I pray that this would happen. I pray tonight that you would have a download 
of how much God cares about you. God loves you. God cares about getting you to where you need to go more than you care about that. God cares about making you into that person that you're called to be way more than you care about it. God loves you. And if you get that, if that starts to just to shake you, if that changes you, then all of a sudden you can trust God because you know God's got my life in his hands. You know, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. God cares about you. I pray that that truth would permeate you tonight, that that would just get into a new place inside your heart, that that would just kind of shake you up a little bit more tonight, that God cares for you. Allow that truth to sink in. And as that truth sinks in, you can let God lead. You can let him plan out your future. He'll worry about your husband for you, okay? Ladies, so stop worrying about it, all right? God will worry about it for you. God cares more about you marrying the right person than you do, all right? God will take care of your future. He'll take care of if you're called to ministry or called to the workplace. God will take care of it. And if you need to see God's loving care, there's one place where we can look where it's most vividly demonstrated, and that's through the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus came as a baby. He chose, he chose, it was his own doing, like no one made him do this. Jesus chose to embrace the tension of living on earth, this tension of things aren't the way that they should be, the tension of why am I so tempted by things that I hate. He chose to embrace that tension, to come into our humanity, and to live life on earth because he cared about you. And then he chose to live a perfect life, being tempted in all the same ways that each of us are, going through all the same things we do. And Jesus never gave in once, all because he loved you and he cares about you. And better yet, Jesus chose to be betrayed by his friends and put up on a cross to pay our penalty so that each of us could have eternal life. He chose to do that. It was on his own doing, and that's because he cares deeply about you. And then the best part, he defeated death, sin, hell, and the grave. He came back from the dead because he said, I'm coming back for my people. And he's going to come back someday too, a second time. He's going to come back and he's going to redeem us. He's going to restore this earth. And then you're going to look back on your life and be like, why was I so worried about, oh, that stupid test? Because I'm with Jesus now. Why was I so worried about who I was going to marry? Like, I love my husband, but hey, now we're all single. That's what heaven is, right? Like, you're going to get to that place where you look back and you're like, why did I worry so much? I'm with Jesus now. You're going to get to that place. So I just challenge you tonight to allow God's love to come in and to shake you up a little bit. Because God's love has got to compel us tonight to be different than the world. We shouldn't be caught up in worrying about all the same things that the world does. But instead, God's love should change us. So tonight, the God of peace, the God of peace is calling us to allow his love to deposit supernatural peace into our hearts. He's calling us to be a group of young people who are so fixated on him and willing to do whatever he says, no matter how much it costs us, no matter how hard it is. God's calling us into that. And he's calling us to be a people who give up control and have indestructible peace in the midst of an uncertain world. That's what he's calling us to. You guys are staying with me tonight. We're going to pray.